yeah. There we go. There we go. Hell yeah, dog. I already hit recording. Yeah, dog. That was cool. Hot mics. Hot mics. Hot mics equals cold dicks. dicks. <laughs> it's the true. It's as true today as the day it was said. Really? I'll tell you what, Herschel. There is a. Well, today the Twins lost. Today was an afternoon game. Mm-hmm. The Twins played versus the Orioles, and we lost. But we won yesterday and the day before, walk-off mm-hmm. fashion, both times. Tomorrow, so at the series. Tomorrow we play the White Sox in the south good. side of Chicago. Should be good. It's going to be great because mm-hmm. we're pretty evenly matched. I always love when we play Chicago. I hate playing Cleveland. Mm. But I love playing Chicago. I love it the same, though, man. They disappoint. Oh, they always disappoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody disappoints. Always. 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 <sighs> Dad had to go back to the hospital, right? So mm-hmm. last time we met, Dad was coming home. No, last time we recorded, Dad just had his surgery. Mm-hmm. Well, then he went home. Then he gar- garnered a bit of an infection while he was at home. Mm-hmm. Had to go back down there. And uh, now he's going to take a shower. And he's going to feel good afterwards. But yeah. they got him on lock, and then we'll take him home when he's ready, he's ready to be able to navigate the house, you know. Mm-hmm. It's I, tough. I know he said he probably could do it now. He's ready to leave now. He definitely wants to not be in a hospital. I hear that. Nobody likes the hospital. Bro. No. They're depressing. They're yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, super depressing. Yeah. It's a place where you go when you're sick. Yeah. It's not a place where you go. It's not Valley Fair. Nah, you don't go there to have fun. Fried dough and shit. It's not Camp Snoopy. When last we met Herschel, Randy Kraft was up to some nonsense. He was killing young men and sodomizing them with everything from sticks to socks. Mm -hmm. He was also stepping up his torture game Mm -hmm. and had just recently started dumping victims in trash bags along the 405 and the Pacific Coast Highway. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1977, Patrick Kearney was arrested and confessed to the trash bag murders of 28 young men. California police were thoroughly distracted from Kraft's victims for that mm-hmm. year, and they obviously tried tying the still-unknown Kraft's victims to Kearney. Right. Patrick, though, shot most of his victims in the head and was revolted by the idea of torturing his victims. Right. So you're not going to make those stick. This is two different people. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to make your job easy. <laughs> For real, that's it. But one thing that definitely stuck with me between you know between last part one and of course now part two is the volume. And I don't know the Robert Kraft thing. He'll still keep sick with you. The, the, the Sometimes owner. I accidentally call him <laughs> Robert, Robert Kraft. I don't know why it keeps sticking with me, bro. Like, or somebody brought up Robert Kraft at work the other day. I was like, I'm covering him on my podcast. I'm co- oh, never mind. <laughs> like, covering the, 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 the Patriots owner. True <laughs> crime, motherfucker. Uh, he did have his ring stolen by uh, Putin back Su- in the day. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He went over to Russia. And I think I remember that story. He like they shook hands and Putin was like, "Let me see that." And then he was like. This is great, thank you. And then just walked off. You don't get your shit to Putin. Don't do it. They think it's a gift if they want it. Uh, go ahead, keep that. Yep. You in Russia, bro. Mm. He basically <laughs> said, nice ring, run it. Mm-hmm. That's what he so said. he has his ring to this day. I'm not sure if Putin ever gave Bella or not Belichick, uh, Kraft back his ring. Pretty sure he gave up some ducats to somebody. Hey, go give my ring back. Hunt this down, please. Yeah. Once Kearney was safely tucked away in San Quentin, mm-hmm. Kraft's murders just seemed to pop back up out of nowhere. Damn. 1978's first victim was Scott Michael Hughes, 19-year-old Marine from Camp Pendleton, if you'll mm-hmm. remember. 
Kraft certainly had a fetish for Marines. Marines. Hoorah. Scott was found beside the 91 freeway in Orange, California on April 16th. Mm -hmm. Hughes was fully dressed, but the laces were missing from his shoes. Mm. Underneath his blood-soaked pants, his genitals were mutilated with the left testicle missing. Damn. All of Scott Hughes' fellow Marines were quick to call him a boisterous doper, which, you know, he liked to do Valium and fuck around, basically. Right. So he was already into that scene anyway. He liked to be high more than he liked to be sober, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. All right. And the Valium had nothing to do with getting fucked in the ass. Probably not. Okay, just... Probably just a way high. to go, yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. I mean, it's not what's up, but yeah. It happens. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it happens. When he was discovered, he had mm-hmm. Valium in his blood. But mm. death occurred via ligature strangulation. Oh, okay. On June 10th, 23-year-old Roland Young was released from Orange County Jail, as he so often had been for public intoxication. On this night, it was 8.19 p.m., and the next time he'd be seen was half past three on June 11th, dead in an Irvine gutter. Damn. That's too, that's, that's crazy. Sometime in those short seven hours, mm-hmm. Young took Valium and washed it down with booze. His wrists were tied as his sadistic killer removed his testicles and part of his penis, then stabbed the corpse four times and put his clothes back on him. That would probably be the time, but you probably sober the fuck up. At just the wrong time. (laughs) Please, God, let me stay drunk. For real. Please, God, let me stay drunk. Through the whole death. Yep. Don't feel it, but as soon as that net come off, man, that's mutilated and he took the left eye. Well, we don't know if he took... He might have just threw that bitch down the street or something. Yeah, tossed in a gutter or something. On the exact day of Roland Young's funeral, another Marine was claimed. Richard Keith was 23, had hitched a ride up to L.A. from Camp Pendleton to be with his girlfriend for the Mm. weekend. She really did not approve of Richard's hitchhiking, (laughs) and the two got in a fight over it. Uh He left in a huff at about 11 p.m. and hitched back to base. (laughs) It did the same shit. (laughs) It's the same thing that he was tripping about. The next morning, an off-duty fireman found his corpse in southern Orange County. Just Mm. like the two pairs of footprints found in the sand in the John Veras killing from part one. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Police suspected two killers were also involved with Richard's murder. One to drive and one to push the body out of the moving car. Yeah, they'd probably be about right. These are big dudes, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say they probably strapping two of them. Definitely. 23-year-old Marine, yeah, he's not definitely. hes not a pubescent boy like mm-hmm. some of the some of the victims crashed. Yeah, because even if you get him high, he's still going to be tough. Especially if he's known as a boisterous doper. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it! Like, dude, never mind. You ain't going to get raped and sodomized tonight. They got that uh, 300 energy. <laughs> That's what I always thought. That, that movie came out in, what, 2006? 300? Mm, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that was like a marine recruitment movie. <laughs> Why? It's like all about the team, all about the military, all about oh, you have to yeah, be okay. strong and chosen. Yeah, I guess. It just seems like a dragon slaying type commercial. <laughs> the next victim, Keith Klingbell, was still mm. alive when a passing motorist found him sprawled across the northbound lane on the I-5 in Mission Viejo. Paramedics arrived at 3.30 a.m. on July 6th, 1978, uh-huh. but were unable to save him from an overdose of acetaminophen and alcohol. What is that? Acetaminophen is the active ingredient it's in Tylenol. Uh, t- uh, what the fuck? And also, like, uh, Vicodin. Oh, it's okay, the, okay. It's a pain reliever. Okay. And if you take too much of it, your fucking organs shut down. Mm. 
That's why they don't like. That's what they tell you on the back of the bottle. Like, don't exceed. Most doctors say if acetaminophen was being released today, it would not be available without a prescription because that's how dangerous it is. Man. They would not sell that to anybody without a prescription. That's well, how. That's how tough it is. I know I'm about to get off subject right now. What's Go up, for what's it. up with these uh, 0.5 milligram THC gummies? I don't know. I've heard about it on the news. Okay. I heard Holiday sells them. I don't know. Holiday station stores. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder where they're going to start rolling this shit out. Sounds weird. It do. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. What's yeah? What, 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 what's the trick? <laughs> Where's the rub? It is. It's yeah. got to be, yeah. bro. And I wonder what it's going to take for every gas station and tobacco shop to roll this shit Seriously. out. Seriously. And how old are you going to have to be to buy this stuff? 21? 18? Yeah, I would say 21. Yeah, I would say 21. Because they didn't... Tobacco's 21 now? I remember the time it was 18. It was when I started. It was 18. They should keep it at 18. Nah, 21. You think 21 for tobacco? <sighs> tobacco kills more people than like anything besides booze. Yeah, but if that's the case, it shouldn't even be legal. Of course. But we know this country's fucked. Yeah. And we'll make money off things that kill us. Mm-hmm. Which is why they probably rolling out these goddamn gummies. Yeah. As soon as, uh, you know, Philip Morris or Marlboro or whoever gets their hands on mm. stuff, that's where that's where stuff gets scummy. Because yeah. they already have the infrastructure to roll the shit out. Yeah, they do. It's just a new product for them. Yeah, all you gotta do is just make way on the shelves. Yep. <laughs> what ain't making money no up for us no more? Here we go. The fat cats. Mm-hmm. Hey, take those certs off the... <laughs> <laughs> the counter. <laughs> we don't need the motherfuckers. Nobody need fresh breath. Mm-mm. Do they still make certs? Certs? I don't see why not. Okay. My I mean, I'm sure Mentos won that war. Oh yeah, Mentos won that war. Just because of the Diet Coke thing. Mm. It makes them. Yeah, that blows up. Okay. The autopsy on Keith Klingbell revealed ligature marks on both ankles and mm. burns from a cigarette lighter, a car cigarette lighter that is, Ooh. surrounding one nipple. Ooh, how many times did you? T- I already touched it one time. You know the cigarette. That's usually all car. you need. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's usually for some reason you don't. You can you can, you smell it burn. You see it's orange, and, but you just you gotta touch. I it actually something. watched somebody do that. Uh, like in high school, I watched this girl named Olive touch it and then scream, and I was like, "What? What on earth did you think was going to happen if when you touched that school, glowing bro? metal?" Yeah, but same thing. Dude, but we're in high school now. Like you should already, you should already you should been already done that. <laughs> now right. cars don't even have them. They don't. Michael Joseph Interbaten was next. Mm-hmm. He was a twenty-year-old trucker from Long Beach and was found castrated and with a huge foreign object sticking out of his rectum. Yeah. His eyelids had been melted together with a car cigarette lighter, and he was found twenty feet from where Marine Edward Moore was found all the way back in 1972, mm. one of Kraft's earlier victims. That's crazy. It's not 20 feet from the old body? Mm-hmm. From, what, six years mm-hmm. ago now? Yep. And I guess they wouldn't. Yeah, it is a long time to have something taped off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you got to open that back up. There were a large number of witnesses when the next body was dropped from a moving vehicle on the 405 in Irvine mm-hmm. on June 16th, 1979. Unfortunately, they couldn't agree whether the victim, young Marine Donald Creasel, was pushed out of a van or a car. So that's what the witnesses were arguing about. Mm-hmm. Creasel's corpse was still warm when police got on scene. He had ligature marks on his neck and wrists. He didn't die from strangulation or injuries from being dumped out of a vehicle, but instead from an overdose of painkillers and booze. Mm. 
So you think he they purposely did that to him? Yes. Yeah, like here, keep getting That's the, this is his MO. Yeah, Just yeah. load him up on up. booze and Valium, booze and Tylenol, booze and whatever. Two sedatives is what he uses. Mm-hmm. As we travel further into the year 1979, more than a dozen young male corpses were found along Southern California highways. Unfortunately, a majority of the victims, whose ages ranged between 13 and 24, were not identified or even reported missing at all. Damn. Of the victims that were ID'd was 13-year-old Thomas Lundgren, who'd been picked up by the killer in Reseda at 11 a.m. on May 28th and dumped in Agora at 1.30 p.m. on May 28th. The boy had been beaten, strangled, stabbed repeatedly, and had his throat cut and his genitals were severed. He's 13. Yes. Another victim that could be ID'd from 1979 was -hmm. 17-year-old Marcus Grabs. He'd hitched a ride out of Newport Beach along the PCH on August 5th and was found on the 6th at 6 a.m., sodomized, strangled, and stabbed on the Ventura Freeway by the L.A. County line. 15-year-old Donald Hayden was last seen alive in Hollywood at 1 a.m. on August 27, 1979. Construction workers found his body the next morning in a dumpster at a new housing construction site, Hmm. sodomized and strangled. Yeah, secluded at those those new housing. Yeah, as as long as there's no construction workers there, it's usually just a fenced-off place where you're not supposed to be, right? Mm, Yep. September 9th, 17-year-old David Murillo vanished along Highway 101. On September 11th, never forget, he was found along the same highway, nude, sodomized, beaten, and with rope burns around his ankles. Mm. Gay bars in Southern California realized there was no help coming to save them from this monster. (laughs) So they began posting warnings to all patrons, along with pictures of the John Doe victims Mm. in the hopes someone would recognize one of them. Watch your ass and end up in the trash. That is a good slogan. He said they wouldn't. Ain't nobody coming to save us. There's no relief from this monster. He knew that. Randy Kraft, as we know, was well involved in the gay nightlife culture. Right. And at the bars, he was the only one who seemed unfazed and uninterested by the constant killings of members of his community. Mm. He was the only one who seemed to be peaking with happiness <laughs> while everyone else was terrified. <laughs> Fucking You wanna dance? On, <laughs> like, dude, yeah. we over here talking about the killer. We scared. <laughs> and he just gleefully like, <laughs> You want some value? This is how the, we heard this how it all start. Give me that shit, motherfucker. Yeah. I gotta calm down. Give man, me some. <laughs> man, for real, though. <laughs> Randy Kraft was in fact doing pretty damn well for himself as a freelance computer data processing consultant. Mm-hmm. So well that in July of 1979. He was able to get himself a house in Long Beach, and he invited his boyfriend, Jeff Selig, to move in with him and ditch the apartment they shared. He probably, yeah, he was probably really thinking that the tables are turned for me. Like, the tables are turned for me, man. Yep. Things are going great. I'm special. I'm on the up and up. Man, killings, getting jobs. I'm doing everything right. Man. Selig and Kraft were the kind of couple that loved constant travel. They hit up Mexico in August 78. Lake Tahoe in May 79, and had an extended East Coast vacation that spanned from New York City all the way down to Key West. Hmm. Friends of the couple recall both Selig and Kraft keeping very strange hours. Selig ran a bakery, so basically he worked from before midnight until about noon every day, and Kraft did this weird thing where he would drive aimlessly through all hours of the day and night. Hmm. We know what he was doing. Yeah. 
He did this weird thing. This strange yeah. little quirk he had where he just had to go driving. <laughs> but other than that, he was cool. Yeah. Awesome. He owned the Patriots. He was right. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this motherfucking Robert boy. It's all jokes. All jokes, Robert. Please. All jokes, please. I don't have a legal team. Man. I don't have a dollar to my name. <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker blew everything up. Oh, yeah. In August of 1980, Kraft had a consulting contract with Lear Sigler Industries, which had created the de facto industry standard in computer video terminals mm. called the ADM3A. I like to call it the Atom3A. Does that mean? Be- <laughs> All right. This thing looks a bit like, uh, have you ever played the Fallout video games? No, I haven't, but I've seen them. Okay, well they have like old school computer terminals that have green text on them. It's like a Mm. keyboard Mm. and a monitor all in one keyboard kind of thing. That's basically what this thing looks like. And they were fucking everywhere. Every business had one. Especially if you were in manufacturing, you had several. So you knew what was going on in all different factors of the plant and everything like that. This is a new thing. The new fucking hotness, and it was taken over corporate America. Between Kraft's 9 to 5 and his weekend freelance, he earned at least, adjusted for inflation, $160,800 a year for the years 1980 and 1981. God damn. Kraft's bosses described him as a self-starter, an excellent problem solver, and an exceptional employee who deserves exceptional treatment. His Mm. diet was in the shitter because of all the hours he worked, and his hypoglycemia flared up on him. If you remember from part one, Kraft suffered from chronic migraines, stomach pains, and Mm. now he had insomnia and chest pains to deal with. Mm -hmm. So he's going to die soon. He's just going to crumple up into an anxious ball and die. Mm -hmm. That's what it seems like. All that shit weighing on him. In June 1982, Kraft and Selig sought couples counseling. The therapist described Jeff Selig as defensive and anxious with an insatiable sex drive. Randy was described as resentful towards Selig's efforts to be the dominant one in the relationship. Mm. They planned an extended European getaway to patch things up, but neither one of them could get the time for it. Therapy sessions were constantly rescheduled due to Kraft's travels for Lear Sigler, which Mm. had offices in Oregon... Michigan, and the Bay Area of California. Yeah, he was traveling a lot. Wherever he went, murder followed. Mm. That murder. That murder. A couple other things Lear Sigler spun off of when they dissolved from being a company much later. Mm -hmm. Uh, You ever heard of a brand of weapons called Smith & Wesson? Yeah. That was one of their companies. They had an optics company called Leopold. You ever heard yeah, of that? Yeah, I heard of Leopold. There you go. They had so many different businesses under their umbrella. And when they separated, like, a bunch of people got rich as fuck. That's a good thing. Yeah, for them. Uh, not for me. I yeah, uh, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not Smith or Wesson. Michael Sean O'Fallon was a 17-year-old from Colorado who was trying to see the world after graduation. He hitched up to B.C. in June of 1980, made his way back down to Oregon before his grand tour ended. His naked body was found along the I-5, about 10 miles from Salem, Oregon, on June 17, 1980. Mm. Michael was hogtied with shoelaces and had a cord tied tight around his scrotum. Despite toxic levels of Valium and alcohol in the system, death occurred because of strangulation. Mm. On September 3, 1980, a group of kids playing near the El Toro Marine Air Base found the corpse of 19-year-old Marine Robert Wyatt Loggins Jr. wrapped all the way up in a garbage bag. 
Loggins had just gotten off punishment being confined to barracks for his drinking problem on August 22nd. His first night of freedom was his last night on Earth. Despite being swaddled like a baby in a plastic bag, the police considered this death to be accidental all the way until 1983, when evidence was found in Kraft's home and car that changed their minds. That, 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 to me, that makes no sense. Yeah, how are you going to get wasted, yeah. swaddle yourself in a plastic yeah. bag, strangle yourself, and die? I'm, I'm automatically thinking somebody killed you, bro. Yeah, what, that's my first thought. Yeah, somebody killed you. You were moitered. Yeah, it'll be killed until I can prove you have it. Yes, you're found in the outskirts of a marine yeah. base in a bag. Yeah, it makes no sense, bro. That's good police work there. <laughs> Even with the volume and all that shit in the system, they still think it was accidental. Accidental. Clearly, this guy was taken out the trash. He was fucked up. He tripped. <laughs> he the trash the fell out. He yeah, fell he in fell a in. vortex. He <laughs> fell in and landed down the hill. Clearly. Yeah. Open and shut, if you ask yeah, me. Man. I'm deputy dipshit. On this exact day, Kraft visited a nearby hospital for a bruised up foot. And he said he'd accidentally stepped wrong while walking barefoot in his hotel. On July 29, 1981, residents of Echo Park in L.A. called in to police reporting a foul odor coming from nearby Hollywood Freeway mm-hmm. or at least somewhere around it. Investigating officers found two corpses in the gully there. One victim, 13-year-old Raymond Davis, had gone missing several weeks earlier while he was out searching for his lost dog. Mm. The other victim, 16-year-old Robert Avia, had been reported missing from Hollywood. It's going to be fucked up the dog popped back up. The dog found him. That would be fucked up. Ooh. Just three weeks later, on August 20th, 1981, 17-year-old Christopher Williams was found dead directly off the road in San Bernardino Mountains. Damn. Williams was a known hustler in Hollywood, but tonight he'd been doped up with two different sedatives and had paper jammed in his nostrils, which caused him to suffocate. Hmm. That's a new one. That's fucked up. Yeah. He was a hustler. What you mean by he was a gay hustler? So he, they would like uh, kind of provide male company. Not exactly. They weren't gay prostitutes exactly, right? But they would kind of make you feel good. Maybe they'd do some stuff to you, that kind of stuff. For like, money. They weren't yeah. exactly gay, but they were gay for pay. Oh, okay. It's the way to do, way to be, I guess. <sighs> They're in every major city. There's gay hustlers in every major city. Were they not gay? They just like touching penises for money? Not even like it. They just need money. Yeah. <laughs> They don't want to work for Coca-Cola, I guess. Ooh, slanging that dick instead of slanging some merch. I guess. That's definitely... They, he would be forced into work. Man. It's a living. In 1982, Kraft's schedule exploded at work. Mm. Lear had him traveling constantly to all the different offices. Yeah. In Oregon, a third victim was discovered, 26-year-old Brian Witcher, beside the I-5 near Portland. He'd been drugged with alcohol and Valium and killed via asphyxiation. On December 7th, Kraft was in Grand Rapids, Michigan for a Lear-Sigler conference. That night, cousins Chris Showborn and Dennis Alt disappeared from the bar in Kraft's hotel. Their bodies were found together in Plainfield Township two days later. Both were absolutely flooded with Valium and alcohol, and then strangled. Chris was nude and had a ballpoint pen with the hotel's name, number, and logo shoved into the bladder by way of the penis. Alt was fully clothed except for his shoes, and his genitals had been pulled out through the fly in his jeans. And what did he do that on purpose? Yes. 
I mean, obviously he stuck it, but you know, with the pen. Oh. Like, are you trying to give yourself up or leaving a calling yeah. card? Actually, yeah. probably, maybe. What's <laughs> up? This car, you got to call a hotel. Your bookings. Excuse me. Do you recognize this pen? <laughs> By the time the cousins were found in Michigan, Kraft was already back in Oregon, and another teenager was already dead. On December 9th, Kraft was checking out of his Wilsonville, Oregon hotel when a passing driver found the body of 19-year-old Lance Trenton Tags beside a nearby road, not at all far from where Brian Witcher was dumped just last month. Alcohol and Valium were of course heavy in his system, but his cause of death was choking on a sock that had been forced down his throat. Mm. Nine days later, a man collecting cans on the outskirts of Hubbard found the remains of 29-year-old Anthony Jose Silvera. He'd last been seen alive December 3rd, hitching a ride home from his job. Silvera had consumed copious amounts of Valium and alcohol before being strangled and sodomized by a large foreign mm-hmm. object. He was left with a red toothbrush sticking out of his anus. Damn. I was thinking about, you talking about the sock down his throat. You know, it instantly came to my mind. What was it? Mankind. Yeah, Mr. Sockle. Yeah. He was a great. Cactus Jack, mankind, yeah. dude love. And he, he was, was a good wrestler, too, He man. was great. God damn. He was like Terry Funk, but he was better. Like, Terry Funk was good at hardcore stuff, but mm. he had nothing on Mankind. Mankind's no. character was just so mankind good. Mankind got it. Ugh. I mean, I guess the, uh, as you would say, the feds put him over, too. The fed? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They put him over with the with the pizzazz. And then with him, with him taking all the shots, the barbed wire, the tacks. 20 feet off the hell in the cell. When I seen that, I'm like, this He's dude dead. is insane, yeah. Drew. The police in Oregon blissfully saw a pattern mm-hmm. in the murders and security info from Southern California, mm. specifically of druggings and strangulations of men within the last decade. A computer search was also initiated, looking for frequent and repeat visitors to Oregon from California using rental car databases, hotel registries, and airline records. Mm. Randy Kraft's name came up 18 times on those lists, but not before. He was arrested down in Orange County for drinking and driving. Hmm, so they already had him. At 1.10 a.m. on May 14th, two California Highway Patrol officers clocked an erratic driving Toyota Celica on the I-5 in Orange County. Toyota Celica, huh? Once the Celica performed an illegal lane change, they had enough to pull the car over, suspecting the driver to be under the influence. Mm-hmm. The driver slowed to a halt and got out of the car, trying and failing to slyly dump out the contents of a beer bottle as he did so. <laughs> Officer, <Oops. laughs> you know it's probably poor slow as shit too. Like, <laughs> oops! Like, how you gonna keep saying oops? <laughs> Officer Sterling met the man at the front of the patrol car. He introduced himself as Randy Kraft, and Officer Sterling noticed his pants were unbuttoned. Hmm. Randy was asked to perform a field sobriety test, failed it, and was going through the process of arrest. So they thought he's probably masturbating? Yeah, some, doing something, something kinky. Yeah. While this was happening, Sterling's partner, Sergeant Haywood, approached the Celica and saw a young man slumped over in the passenger seat with his eyes closed. He was partially covered up with a jacket. There were several empty beer bottles at his feet, along with a prescription bottle that said lorazepam on it. Mm. Sergeant Haywood opened the door and verbally tried waking the man. When that failed, Haywood shook his arm and noticed the extremely low body temperature. Taking off the jacket that was covering him, putting the victim's head back, and checking in vain for a pulse, Sergeant Haywood saw ligature marks on the neck. The victim's genitals had been fished out of his pants, 
and his wrists were bound with a shoelace. Damn. He was later ID'd as Terry Lee Gambrel, a 25-year-old Marine stationed at the El Toro Air Base. That motherfucker got caught red-handed, bro. Cause of death, strangulation. And he's in your car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with your pants on. Yeah, buttons. that's... This is... That's it? That's it. I mean, that's yeah. a wrap. Yeah. Cut the episode. We'll see you next week. <laughs> 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 All right, let's see what this motherfucker gets. How he get out? Of, try to get out of this, because I know he tries to get out of this. Oh, he's a squirmy wormy. Okay. Even with the killer caged, the death toll continued to climb. Twenty-one-year-old Eric Church was found sodomized, strangled, and bludgeoned along the 605 on January 28th. Mm. Semen from the body would later match Kraft's blood type. Twenty-four-year-old mm. Mikhail Line vanished while hitchhiking through Orange County. By the time his skeleton was discovered in 1984. Kraft had been in jail for quite some time. Damn. Kraft was initially charged with just a DUI, but that was perfect. They could hold him for 48 hours so detectives could go hunt up evidence to build more charges. Yeah, okay, okay. In the rear seat of the Celica, detectives found a belt that matched the width of the ligature marks on Terry Gramble's neck. Other incriminating evidence included alcohol, tranquilizers, various prescription drugs, and stimulants. The passenger seat and carpet of the vehicle was heavily bloodstained. However, Gambrel had no open wounds. The upholstery was removed for forensic analysis, the results of which confirmed the blood was human. Beneath the carpet, investigators discovered an envelope containing more than 50 photographs of young men in pornographic poses. So he hid his evidence inside the car. Mm -hmm. Many of the subjects in the pictures appeared to be either asleep or dead. So he was a trophy hunter. That was his trophy was uh, pictures. What if you end up buying that car? Did you ever hear Trent's story when he worked at the Saturn dealership? One of his employees shot himself in the back of his car and the family came in and asked Trent to like clean it. It was like 104 degrees outside and just boiling blood. And Trent said he like got suited up. Opened the door, smelled it, and was like, I can't do it. You're just going to have to junk this one. I wouldn't be able to do it. I can't it. believe they even asked him to do that. No, that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> who do you fucking think I am, yeah. bro? And I'm not even getting paid. you going to pay me 17 hours <laughs> to clean somebody's blood and brains? Yeah, that's... I'd have sued them. <laughs> bro, just for asking me that, I, I feel like I should be able to sue you. I'll take you to court for damages for asking yeah, me to do yeah, that. I'm for real. Dude. Mental anguish. Yeah, it's gotta be, bro, because you asked. That's way out of my job description. Fuck yeah. That wasn't in the application. Fuck yeah. Dude, if anybody one used uh, one of my vacuums at work to clean up blood, I would be furious. Yeah, get that AIDS shit away from me. I don't dude. want nothing to do with it. Possible. I'm sorry. Possible AIDS. Possible shit. AIDS. Yeah. possible a bunch of other bloodborne yeah. illnesses yeah oh my god inside the trunk investigators found a very suspicious three ring binder containing a list of 61 handwritten coded notations a search of Kraft's home revealed further incriminating evidence including clothes and personal possessions of numerous young men who had been murdered over the previous decade fibers taken from a rug matched those found on victim scott hughes in addition the couch in Kraft's living room was identified as being the one in the photographs found in Kraft's car. Mm. A roll of film discovered also contained shots of victims Eric Church and Roger Duvall sitting in Kraft's car. One of these images, a ligature mark, is clearly visible on Duvall's dead neck. Randy Kraft's alleged death list consisted of two neatly printed columns, 30 cryptic items on the left side of a yellow legal sheet and 31 on the right. It began with stable and ended with what you got. 
Authorities were convinced the last was a coded scorecard of crass victims, but the documents still gave them headaches. Four entries, one of them labeled two-in-one hitch, two-in-one beach, GR2, and two-in-one MKV2PL, apparently referred to double murders, raising the body count to 65. But only one of those notations could be translated. Mm -hmm. Two-in-one hitch allegedly referred to the murders of Jeffrey Nelson Mm -hmm. and Roger Duvall. Police finally matched known victims to 45 notes from the scorecard, Mm -hmm. while maintaining that no entries existed for Eric Church or Terry Gambrell. The final tally they had, 67 dead, with 22 of those still unrecovered and unidentified. Mm, So it could have been way more. Yep. That shit... Who knows? Because even the, the amount of bodies that he's racked up is God. just pretty huge. Yep. And he's not even going to get charged with all of them. It's brutal. Yeah, but he's still... Go ahead, my bad. Yeah, right. Yeah. Some of the scorecard entries were very transparent. For instance, the notation EDM obviously matched up with Edward Daniel Moore, while the notation Jail Out referred to Roland Young, who was killed within just seven hours of being released from jail. Portland, Hawaii, obviously referred to Lance Tags, who mm. just recently returned from Hawaii to Portland. Yeah, some of that shit didn't go stick. 7th Street marked the freeway on-ramp where Ron Weeb was dumped in 73, as Euclid named the ramp where Kraft deposited Scott Hughes. Mm. Marine Carson referred to the L.A. suburb where Richard Keith's girlfriend resided. Parking lot described Kraft's fatal rendezvous with mm. Rotwell. New Year's Eve recalled the disappearance of Mark Hall. MCHB tattoo became Robert Loggins. Westminster date marked the disappearance of 15-year-old Jeffrey Bryan Sayre, vanished forever after visiting his Westminster girlfriend on November 24, 1979. Airplane Hill fingered a John Doe dumped near Huntington Beach. Don Creasel, discarded in Irvine without his pants, became Marine Drunk Overnight Shorts. Very strange scorecard notations. Mm-hmm. When he needed something, that's what he thought of. Like, what should I call this one? Um, tattoo. MC, that's uh, what stuck out. MGHB tattoo. Yeah, that's what stuck out to him. Other strange notations like Stable, Angel, Harry Carey, England, Oil, Twiggy, Portland, Portland Head, Portland Reserve, Portland Eck, and so on remained unexplained. Mm. And Kraft was no help to police doggedly insisting that the notes referred to various liaisons with gay lovers that were still alive and well, or to other mundane incidents from his daily life. He was, as he said, anal retentive after all, Mm -hmm. and prone to obsessive-compulsive behavior. So the, the Harry Carey one might have been a Cubs fan that got fucked Yeah, he was up. like, hey, I love baseball. Yeah, and he thought, holy cow. <laughs> the only thing that I really know about Harry Carey is the... Uh, what is uh, the Ricky Bobby impersonation? What's his name? Ricky Bobby? You talking about from Talladega Nights? Yeah, what's the guy's name? Will Farrell. Farrell. I only know his impersonation from SNL. Have you seen him do Harry Carey? That, that didn't. You should. It's it hilarious, funny. yes. Funniest thing that Will Farrell did to me, man, was uh, old school. Old school was great. Yeah. He ain't really tough. Top what he was Frank supporting, the supporting Frank the actor, tank. but yeah, he's got chops though. He can do drama, he can do comedy. Yeah, I've seen good. a little drama shit he did. Police thought these are not just gay liaisons; these are murders. These are murders. They had a corpse in Randy's car, yeah. another victim's jacket stashed in his garage, pictures of several others hidden in his car, 
Rug yeah. fibers lifted from another corpse. Kraft's fingerprints recovered from a crime scene. In a list that linked the murders, marking Kraft as a prolific trophy hunter. Now all prosecutors had to do was the super easy job of making it stick in court. Mm-hmm. That shit ain't gonna stick the the call sign. It's tough. Yeah. yeah, that was sarcastic. It's not mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Prosecutor Brian Brown declared he was ready for trial on 16 murder counts. The final tally including Don Creasel, Keith Crotwell, Scott Hughes, Michael Inderbyton, Richard Keith, Edward Moore, Ron Weeb, Roland Young, and John Doe That's from crazy. 1973. Only 16 out of 64. Right, dude. Uh, this they dude only not can that go good. after the ones that are. That they can get beyond a reasonable doubt. You know? Oh, definitely. And the one, and obviously the one that was in the car, that's one of the cases. That's free. That's free. Dude, that's that's what's going to get them. That's a gimme. And then those fibers in the rug and shit. Too easy. Yeah. This is too easy. <laughs> Kraft's preliminary hearing began after five postponements on September 27, 1983. <laughs> wow, super moves. And lasted seven, <laughs> seven weeks. All right. Judge John Ryan barred cameras from his court, but mm-hmm. rejected a defense bid to exclude spectators. Mm-hmm. Highway patrol officers described Kraft's arrest with a corpse in his car, mm-hmm. and homicide detectives outlined the evidence linking Kraft to various other murders. Mm. Forensic pathologists Walter Fisher and Robert Richards detailed the injuries suffered by specific victims. In closing arguments, Brian Brown dubbed Kraft a true scorecard killer mm-hmm. while attorney doug otto claimed brown had proved nothing mm-hmm. judge ryan found the evidence sufficient to hold Kraft for trial <laughs> no bail of course bro doug otto would not be there when it started though in august 1984 he withdrew from the defense put off by Kraft's insistence on serving as co-counsel he didn't want uh- <laughs> he did not want randy Kraft to be his co his co-lawyer in this yeah one. bro no Either you off or I'm off. Yes. We Wait, can, there cannot off. be two chefs it, in this bro. kitchen. One it, of them being a crazy yeah, killer. Not you. Yes. Like, dude, I, I want wins, not L's. Get me goddamn, if the glove don't fit, you must have quit. What's <laughs> his name? Yeah, Johnny Cochran. <laughs> that OJ Netflix story is good. I loved that thing. Yeah. Did you watch the 30 for 30 one? No, I didn't. You should. I do. It's a lot of 30 for 30. OJ Simpson, an American something it's great but yeah that american crime story with travolta mm-hmm. and all those guys that was mm-hmm. cuba cuba mm-hmm. Otto was swiftly replaced and the legal maneuvers dragged on costing california taxpayers two million dollars by april of 86 eight more murder charges were filed against Kraft, mm-hmm. six in oregon two in michigan but none would ever go to trial there mm-hmm. more than five years after his arrest on september 26 1988 Kraft's trial opened before judge donald mccartan Defense motions to quash all evidence from the 1983 searches were denied, but McCartan barred any reference to victims beyond the 16 named in the Orange County charges. That's fucked up. So they can't even talk about the other, what is that, 48 murders. Yep. They can only talk about the 16 he's being charged with, not the others that he's not being charged with. Attorney C. Thomas McDonald's opening statement dismissed the state's case as suspicion, innuendo, and prosecutorial Mm -hmm. rhetoric while calling Kraft a homeowner, taxpayer, hard worker, just like many other citizens in our mm-hmm. fine country. The bottom line, Mr. Kraft had killed no one. 
Prosecutors called more than 157 witnesses, presented 1,052 exhibits to contest that assertion, mm-hmm. resting the state's case on November 30th, 88. Kraft's defenders relied on a dual strategy of alibis and alternate suspects, with imprisoned serial killers William Bonin and Patrick Kearney chief among them. They're trying to blame them on an already convicted serial killers, just like the police were trying to do with Kraft's murders for Patrick. Closing arguments ended May 1st, 1989, and jurors deliberated for 11 days to reach their final verdict. Mm. They acquitted Kraft of sodomizing Roger Duvall, but convicted him on all 16 murder charges. Woo! Plus one count of sodomy and mutilation for castrating Jeff Nelson. So he didn't sodomize nobody. He got acquitted for mm-hmm. sodomizing Roger Duvall. That's it. He got convicted for sodomizing oh, okay. the rest of them. Interbaten and Jeff Nelson. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows he's a sodomizer. Too. He's a sodomizer. Yeah. He's a sodomizer, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the separate penalty phase of Kraft's trial began on June 5. Defense attorneys presented a stack of family photo albums and nearly a dozen jailers testified that Kraft had been a model prisoner during his six years, while former co-workers called him friendly, outgoing, and normal. One suggesting that society would lose a very brilliant mind if Kraft was executed. Hmm. Unable to claim innocence after the guilty verdict, Kraft's lawyers called a psychiatrist to testify that Randy's violence was something that he had no control of. Several ministers opposed to capital punishment also appeared to give their testimony until Judge McCartan told them their testimony was silly and so far from a field, it's stupid. Yeah. The state called Joe Fancher, jailed in Orange County after his Colorado parole for auto theft, to describe Kraft's assault in March 1970, when Fancher was a 13-year-old runaway. Do you remember him from part Mm, one? Yeah. The first victim. Prosecutor Brown reviewed the scorecard list, telling jurors, There's nothing wrong with him other than he likes killing for sexual satisfaction. Jurors agreed, recommended the death penalty on August 11, 1989. Judge McCartan made it official on November 29th when he sentenced Kraft to die. McCartan noted receipt of several letters from parents of missing children seeking information as to whether Kraft had killed their sons. Somewhere down the line, McCartan said, with response to your legal grounds for appeals, maybe you might give some thought in your waning moments to helping these people out. Well, Kraft was thinking all right, but the only person he seemed to want to help was himself. Authorities were more concerned about the missing names from Kraft's scorecard Mm. and with the prospect of unidentified accomplices. Kraft's Huntington Beach John Doe victim was finally identified in March 95, is 18-year-old drifter Kevin Clark Bailey, but 22 more from the death list remain anonymous and undiscovered, while forensic evidence in two cases, the Lyris footprints and unidentified semen recovered from Eric Church's corpse, suggest at least one other killer was still at large. Mm. As of 2022, Kraft remains on death row at San Quentin State Prison. He continues to deny responsibility for any of the homicides for which he was either convicted or is suspected. He loves playing bridge with other inmates. You did it. You the dude was in the passenger seat dead. And they tried to say a liaison, right? Even for that one. Wasn't me. <laughs> Wasn't Kraft. This is you this is your jacket covering him. <laughs> Not me. He's just in here. Mm-hmm. I found him. Man. 
You never just find strangled boys <laughs> yeah, and you take their bro. penises out and take your penis out and, and his pants cover them up di- with jackets and your and pants stuff? is down too when he when they pulled him over too like it was unbuckled and shit. And he's got a shitload of beer and pills around him. And he's in, that's what's up. That's what serial killers do, man. They they deny deny have to because they think they're so goddamn smart that they could never mm-hmm. get caught anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, Randy Kraft, you're caught and you're rotting. Mm-hmm. San Quentin. I wish you were rotting in. How old is he? How old is he? It's a fair question. 77 years old. Mm. Randy Kraft. I was wrong. Sitting his ass in San Quentin, enjoying taxpayer paid mm-hmm. funded meals and showers mm-hmm. and drinks. You know there's air conditioning in there too, and it's got to be, right? I don't think so. Really? I think so that's one of the they... things uh, about prisons is they do not need to be air conditioned. That's good, I guess. But goddamn, I know it's hot. Ooh, and smells like a ball sack. No, it was like I said, man, you could do everything in jail, but leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's funny. Well, listen, everybody, that's going to do it for all of us here at the Bumblebutt yeah. Podcast. X. My name is Ben Adam. A-bomb. That's Ben H-bomb. We do appreciate it, and we appreciate your patience, and we appreciate your well wishes yeah. for my old pappy. He yeah. appreciates it, too. I show him the messages and stuff, and he goes, aw, that's going to be great. Thanks a lot for stopping by, everybody. That's Randy Kraft, 16 counts of murder. You got acquitted for, not acquitted, you got convicted of. He's out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye.